done is a good idea. Come on. What can it do? Well, once again, welcome. Um, and, you know, really, God bless you guys. You know, you went out there and weathered the weather. And uh, we like it, right? Yeah, okay. My name's Daryl. Um, and if, you, if we haven't met, I look forward to meeting you. I appreciate, uh, Cherish, your word this morning was really great. And I really appreciate seeing a real Bible in front of you. It really had this really sense of holiness. I don't know. I, um, I can't seem to not come up here without one. I, I always kind of feel naked without one. Uh, I don't know why. Um, but here I got it, I have it on my phone, I have it on my, you know, I have, I got more translations on this thing than I use, uh, it's a real gift, I really appreciate it, but um, technology is a wonderful tool. We are going through uh, Advent, today is your first day, and we have these uh, devotionals, that are on this back table. And if you don't have one on your way out, get one. Uh, it's we, uh, Vineyard Resources produce them every year, and we use them and actually go through Advent with this devotional. So um, this year is the Humble King um, is the theme, uh, and uh, they do a really good job, and I just it's kind of our gift to you to kind of, it really kind of helps, sets the tone for us to, as we think through this season of Advent, uh, the, the hope, the peace, you know, the joy, the love, everything that, that, that comes with this season. And it's such a busy season. Uh, and we have, you know, it's such a social busy season, so many things going on, that it's really good to have something to help us focus on what, this season is truly all about, right? I mean, I can get, just get caught up in just doing a lot of stuff and just I need to slow down and recognize why I love this season so much. Um, as you know, I love lights. I just love lights. If, it was, if I had my way, we'd have lights in all the trees all the time. I just think it's, I just love it. I love lights. Uh, that's one thing I've always appreciated about going to a place like Disneyland because they have lights on their trees all the time. And then when night comes, they're lit. And it's just really cool. I love I, I don't know what it is. Is this something I really enjoy and appreciate? So this season, when the season's coming and we put lights out like that, I really love it. As a matter of fact, when we, we, I don't ha- we don't use a real Christmas tree anymore. Um, we have a fake one, but I, I was counting, I was looking at it, and when I build it, I put the light. I think I have like almost 1,600 lights on it. Things lit. Makes that thing look like a wannabe. <laughs> and this is a nice tree, no, no doubt. The, the doves illuminate it the way that that's the way to go. But anyways, uh, and then two years ago, two years ago, um, Lisa's always wanted lights on the house, always. I thought, no, I don't need to have something else to do. <laughs> so uh, my youngest daughter was living with us, and we come home one day from church, 
Wonderful day at church. Come home from church, and there's lights on the house. And Lisa, you know, she, she was moved by it. And, uh, and, and so I talked to my son-in-law, and I said, okay, so does this come with a lifelong installation? <laughs> you can take it from there. <laughs> so now we have lights on our house every year. And they're nice lights. I like them. I appreciate them. So um, Philippians, if you have your device or a Bible, you may turn to that. But Philippians, I want to begin with what we talked about last week, just to kind of just remind us, says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy, Paul speaking, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. I mean, it's just a challenging paragraph. If there's any encouragement, and there is. There is encouragement in Christ, right? There is um, uh, comfort and love. There is fellowship. We can, God uses the body, the community, as a source of encouragement and comfort. As we come together and we, we worship songs, uh, we, worship, we, we sing worship songs, and, and what of encouragement that is. Some of the, the words of the, the songs that go on, on the overhead are just like, oh, man, those are powerful words. And then, then you, you get to know them. And you get, they're not just words on an overhead, but they become, they become words that resonate inside of us in such a way that have such deep, true, rooted meaning in our lives that you're bursting out with these words and, you're, and, they, and it's like, this is truth to me. Worship. He goes on to say, he says, now don't be selfish don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Asking the body there, the church there, Philippi, be selfless. Take on the position that Christ has called us to be, to be that people. Though he was God, which is a powerful saying, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Here, Paul is saying, Jesus models something to all of us. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Talking about that Jeremiah prophetic word. That word is coming true here. He humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore God elevated him to a place of the highest honor and gave him a name above all other names. 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, as we enter into this season, let this illuminate our hearts and resonate deep inside us. We might just take a moment and say, God, by the gifting of your Holy Spirit, by the presence of your Holy Spirit, by the illumination and empowerment of your Holy Spirit, would you give us a deep, genuine meaning of what Paul is saying to his church at this very moment? Let the words jump off the page. And, and I think the, the best definition, and we talked about this last week as, as we move forward, the best definition clearest definition as we think about uh, Philippians here is what Rick Warren said. He said, he said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Now, that we can remember, right? That, 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 that you, we can actually remember that. Think about that. Just remember that. It's not thinking of yourself a lot. It's thinking of others. How can my life, how can I be an example to others? So today, this, this first day of Advent is the Advent of hope. And today, we, we will light this first candle, this candle of hope. And we would Declare in the name of Jesus that hope lives. That hope lives. In this symbolic way, over you know the 2,000 years, hope lives. Hope resonates. Hope is real. Hope is tangible. Hope is contagious. Hope moves from creation to creation. See, in God's kingdom, humility paves the way to a real lasting hope. A real lasting hope. Hope is more than a, a vague wish. That something will happen. It is a sure and a confident expectation. A sure, confident expectation in God's future faithfulness and presence. A hopeful expectation. Maybe today, possibly. Maybe life's, maybe it's been a tough year. You know, a tough year happens, right? Tough years happen. Sometimes you have a string of tough years and challenges, right? They're hard. And, and somehow maintaining that expectation is hard to, to walk in. You might ask, well, Daryl, what do you do when you have a hard year? <clears throat> I turn to Jesus. I turn to the living hope. I turn to Jesus. 
And, uh, you know, I, I say this often, whether I say it publicly or privately, but I was never one of those guys that, that came to Christ and life got easier. You know what I mean? You never heard me say, hey, come to Christ and life will be peaches and cream. I never said that. I said, come to Christ and you will be fulfilled. And life will, and Christ gives you a life worth living in the midst of life. So, um, expectation. Maybe this morning, you're here this morning, and you don't have expectation. Maybe you're thinking of all the things you got to do, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and you're thinking about the whole Christmas morning, and you're, you're getting overwhelmed with all the things that need to be done, or you'd like to have done. And you're consumed by that. The question is, are we, do we have that expectation and confidence and hope? And if not, why not? If we have Christ, and I understand that there might be those that are here that, that, that well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Is Christ who he says he is? Uh, you know, maybe you grew up in church and it was difficult and, and you're having a hard time living up to the standard. And, but you're here this morning and you're trying to, you're trying to assess and, and discover who Christ says he is. And we would say we would invite you to come and be a part of that journey with us. Because Christ came, as Cherish said this morning, to, to establish a new covenant. And he made it very clear. It was a covenant of love. It was a covenant of loving God with everything we have and our neighbor as ourselves. It is a new covenant. And in that covenant, he says, in this, right there, fulfill everything behind us. And so there in that day that he was born, maybe it was a time of tremendous hopelessness and cruelty given by the Romans. Where the, the, the Jewish people were beaten up to a point that they had no hope. There was no rescue. They didn't see any future in their world. All they saw was people coming and ruling over them and taking from them in the midst of, a, of, of the sword and cruelty. But hope was coming. Jeremiah and many another. Isaiah, hope is coming. Zechariah. Hope is coming. See, the word hope stands for both the act of hoping and the things hoped for. The act of be, living in hope and the things hoped for. It is what God has called us to. Romans 12.12 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patience, and tribulation continuously, steadfastly in love. And Paul starts here, he says, but starts with hope. Jesus came to give us hope. 
He goes on in chapter 15 and he says this. He says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, and in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you and I might abound in hope. Could I venture off, venture out and say this? If there is not hope found in the community of Christ, I'm asking, where is it found? Where is expectation? Where is that that hope that goes beyond circumstances? Where is that found? Where is that hope that is found that goes beyond economies? Possessions, 401ks. Where do you find that hope that says it is everlasting? I would submit to you this morning, if we are not hope carriers, then who is? Right? That's, if we're not it, if I'm, I'm not talking about Oasis Vineyard. I'm talking about the body. The community of believers globally, if we're not it, who is? If we are not resonating in our hearts the fountain of hope, then who does? See, hopelessness is draining. It's draining. It's hopelessness sucks the life out of us, does it not? It does. It's weary. It's emotionally draining, mentally draining, relationally draining. Hopelessness takes. It does not restore. It's the tool of the enemy. The flood light would try to flood light with with darkness. It, It is emotionally overwhelming, right? Hopelessness. Hopelessness. That's what it does. It's in my my opinion, it's one of the greatest um, tools that the enemy uses to come in in a community or a society to burn it out. And you know, if you you read through history, and if you read the gospel, is a lift because the gospel brings hope. It's a lift to any community, any society. It lifts. It pulls up. As the psalmist would say, Lord, you have pulled me out of the dung heap. You set me up on a hill. That's hope. You've pulled me away from my circumstances. You've changed things that I thought was unchangeable. That's hope. And that's that's what the Bible is talking about. Our hope is in Christ alone. I must say that clearly. Our hope is in Christ alone. And everything around us is trying to draw us from that. Trying to cause our energy to go somewhere else. But our hope is in Christ alone. And I'm telling you, it's a glorious hope. It's a hope that goes beyond, like I said earlier, beyond circumstances. Why are you so happy? You have no reason to be so happy. I have hope in Christ. 
He has a plan for my life. He has a plan for this church. He has a plan for everybody that you and I come in contact with. And a lot of times they just don't know it yet, but we get to be the vessels to say, I, God's got a plan for you. Well, I don't want to hear it. I know, but I'm praying. Right? Right? Early on, I was working and, well, as a young Christian. And before I was a Christian, I wasn't very, you know, I was kind of a miserable person in a lot of ways. It's easier to see that when you look back, right? When you're looking from the perspective of having hope. <clears throat> and then I came to Christ, and I'm working, and I'm working around people, and I smiled a lot and was, seemed to be pretty happy all the time. And I, this one person I, I worked side by side with looked at me and said, you know, you're just so irritating. I said, why? He says, because you're darn happy all the time. Why not? Well, you don't deserve to be so happy. And I said, you're right. I don't deserve to be so happy, but I can't help myself because I have Christ. And I, you know, that made even matter, but, <laughs> but it was the truth. I wasn't lying. I, I just had this overwhelming joy because, because of the Lord, which we'll be talking about. It's one, one, one of the, the advents, you know, but we have this hope that goes beyond understanding. And so Peter tells us, it says, Sanctify the Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that, is in you, that lies in you. With meekness and fear. And that's what, I, that's what I was just talking about. We are who we are because of Christ. Because he's established that new covenant with us. He has given us purpose. Our hope is in Christ alone. And that as we enter into the season, I, I'm reminded of Luke 1.31. That tells us that remember in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. A village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And so all of a sudden, here heaven is coming to earth. Heaven is coming to earth. Heaven open and sends Gabriel, the angel. Now, listen, can you, do you have a problem wrapping your head around this a little bit? Let's be honest. But it's real. Because heaven's real. Gabriel is a real angel. He exists this very moment. He's not a story. He is a live cherub. He's a being. He gets to hang with Jesus. And Jesus sends him. And then, you know, Mary, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. You know, you got, you got this angel in front of you. Now, she wasn't a foreigner to the fact that angels existed. But as I would assume this is her first visit. <laughs> right? 
Gabriel says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. The kingdom will never end. So Gabriel's letting her in. This is an insider comment. He's going to give him the throne of your, her ancestors, their ancestors are David. And his kingdom will never end. I mean, that is a mouthful for a little 14-year-old, don't you think? 14, 16, somewhere in there. Right? Can you imagine? Mary asked, but how can this be for I'm a virgin? And then the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby be born so the baby will be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Now, to me, that, that is such a mature comment, right? I'm your servant. Maybe she learned from Moses. I don't want, I, I've I know about Moses, so maybe I'll just say yes from the beginning. (laughs) You know, she knew the story. Come on. Maybe I'll just say yes and just not, you know, have to go through all that. I'm, you know, okay, I'm I'm living a little bit, a little bit. But anyways, I would think in those terms. Okay, this doesn't go well when you say no. But, you know, out of her pure heart and who she is, She says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you say about me come true. Let it be so. And then the angel left her. May everything about us be so that Jesus says about us. And my question is, can you say that? Are you willing to say that? What you say about me, Lord, let it be so. You might need to read back through, uh, well, okay, how about this one? I'll give you something to kind of think about. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece. We are his creation. Made for what? Good works. Lord, let it be so what you say about me. Let it be so. I say yes to you. I say yes that you say this about me. And I say no to those negative words that come at me. Hope lives. Right? Hope lives. Hope came right there. That was a word of hope to Mary. She didn't know to to what extreme. But that was the angel predicting hope for the nation. His kingdom will live forever. Hope lives. And hope And the the fullness of it is in Christ. You and I, I might, as an exhortation, you and I need to exercise it. We need to exercise hope. You say, well, how do you exercise hope? You say, doubt, leave. How about that? Negativity, get out. 
Negative words leave me. Neg- negative emotions go. That's how you exercise. Let hope come in. Let the hope of Jesus fill my life and every part of my being. Let hope reign in me. That's a prayer, a proclamation. I'm not, I'm not one of those that just say, uh, look, look you, you say it, and, and it just, you say it. I'm saying, let it, Lord, make it true in me. Do something in me. I pray in the name of Jesus that you change me from the inside out. Transformation. Right? That's how it works. And, and is it easy? No. Is it easy? It's a really good time to say no. <laughs> right? It's not. It's not easy. But is it fruitful? So, so we, have, we have then names that are, that are given. The Old Testament. Mighty God. Prince of Peace. Then we also have Isaiah 7.14. But we'll just use Matthew's pro, uh, proclamation. So all was done that might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Saying. He's saying, this is prophet Isaiah, saying, so it was complete. So all of it would come true. Behold, the virgin shall, have a, shall be with child and bear a son. And they'll call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Let me pause for one second. Lord, we're so grateful you're with us this very moment. We're grateful you kept us safe as we came through the weather. We're grateful that we had this opportunity to come together and worship and sing praise songs and songs of adorations to you. We're grateful that we we had communion together and we're reminded of that, that covenant that you have established for us to live in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. And that hope that resides in the midst of your church, not only as a community, but us as as an individual. That hope lives and hope reigns. That hope is possible. That hope, hope challenges negativity, discouragement. Hope challenges grief. Hope challenges. Hope challenges. Hope lives. Hope is in our midst. Hope reigns. Hope speaks. Hope is real. Hope is attainable. Hope is rooted in the life of the followers of Christ. Yahoo! Right? Okay. So, as we think about hope, Matthew 6.31 tells us this, and this is, Jesus speaking to the disciples and all those that are in his hearing. He says, don't worry about these things. You know, just life issues. 
Don't worry about these things. What you're going to eat. What will you think? Or what will you, excuse me, what will you drink? What will you wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your need. That's hope. Hope is we believe that God takes care of his children. Right? Right? Does God take care of his children? Thank you. He does. He does. And look, I have, I, I've walked, I'm not, this is not, I don't want to, I just want to say, I have not wanted for anything. I have not wanted for anything, but I've desired a lot. Let's be honest, but I've wanted for nothing. God is always taking care of us. Always. Now, in my carnality, I'm going, could you upgrade this? It's really fine. I like it. But, but, but how about an upgrade? You know, I mean, we're people, right? And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes God gives people upgrades. And then I'm feeling like the stepchild, which is theologically unsound. <laughs> right? But it's sometimes you feel that way. But it's theologically unsound. So you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> but they dominate the thoughts of people around us. Because why? They don't have hope. That's why. But people of hope, they, we do the right things for the right reasons because we have love. We, do, we trust and we give and we, and, we, and, and we illuminate our lives. We do things that just make people crazy. Because why do you do that? Because I have Jesus. Because these things are not going to dominate my life. I'm going to let Jesus dominate my life and trust the fact that he's going to take care of us, right? Right, okay. I heard you say that and so did heaven. But your heavenly Father knows our needs. And he goes on, he says, okay, seek, excuse me, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Let's have the worship team come forward and he will give you everything you need. Now, that is just a plain fact. Jesus, in the community of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, says, the Father will give you everything you need. Wow. Wow, right? Everything. Everything. Say it with me. Everything. Everything. I can't hear you. Come on, everything. There you go. Come on. I'm going to go back to my Pentecostal roots. And so he goes on and says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today is trouble enough for today, but don't worry. The idea is don't worry. Hope does not produce worry. Hope lives. And the deal here is, and now when you think about it, can you say yes to Jesus? Are you willing to let hope Rise, the hope of Jesus, rise in your heart. Are you willing to let it live in you, the hope? And can we 
echo those same attitudes and thoughts of Mary as we respond to hope. Can we echo that? Let your words be true, O Lord. Let your words. Can we do that? It's, you know, it's, it's, look, if you don't, didn't hear anything today, hear these things. Can you say yes to Jesus? We're going to take uh, our offering now. And if you're a, a guest with us, there you go. If you're a guest with us, please, this is just a little bit of family business. So we want to say to you, we're so grateful, and we do have an online option at www.oasisvineyard.org. Uh, and uh, just scroll down, you'll find it there. And I know that giving, uh, especially financially, is a sacrifice. And so we want you to know that we really appreciate your heart of commitment. We just want you to know, we don't take it for granted. We appreciate it. And, um, and I, I appreciate it. It helps us continue to do, and we want to get better. We want to expand our borders as far as how we give to others and what we do, and we're praying about those things. We're praying about what else is God inviting us to participate with Him about. So thank you. Now, before, we, before I leave here, this, and we sing this last song as we close, um, some of us here just struggle with hope. You just struggle with it. Um, it might be because uh, of how you were raised, events in your life, um, the feeling of shame, guilt, those kinds of things. Really, sometimes those things are very hard to overcome. I understand that. I, I've had my own journey with those types of things. Um, but in saying that the Holy Spirit is here now, God with us, for you this very moment. This very moment. So I'm going to ask you to be brave, transparent, and honest. If you're struggling with living the life of hope, I'm just going to ask you right now to stand up. If you're struggling, if you're struggling with hope, I mean living it out, just go ahead. Amen. Amen. And maybe it could be just the future, your future. You're struggling, you don't see a future. You have no hope in the future. Go ahead and stand up. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. So I want the body... Those of you, just look who's standing up. I want everybody to have a hand put on their shoulder. I'm asking, do we have permission to do that with you guys standing up? Is that okay? All right. Let's have the, the ministry team, you guys move out there also. Amen. Now, as a, a priest among a body of priests, I will pray. And if you guys get a word, speak, up, speak it out. Just let them ha- uh, bless them with it. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we want to break the power of hopelessness in Jesus' name, right now. 
We command you to go in Jesus' name. Hopelessness is the vehicle of darkness, and you have no place in these children of the King. So you must go in Jesus' name. Be gone. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, uh, as it says in Romans and Colossians, I believe, it says, and be clothed with Christ. May your presence of the clothing come. Come now. The presence of your clothing, the, the presence of hope, the presence of your love, the presence of the fruit of the Spirit, the presence of the liberating presence of Jesus and the benefits that come in the name of Jesus. Let it come now. Let it come. Let it come. Now, some of you, the Holy Spirit is actually taking you when you, um, when the hopelessness really hooked your heart. And just, it might be, you might need to forgive somebody. You might just need to verbally, I forgive this person. I forgive. We bless you. We bless you with the covenant name of Jesus. The covenant name of love. We bless you. And we bless you with all the benefits that come with that covenant name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you with that eternal hope. May peace, joy spring from it. May your lives be defined. May our lives be defined by His presence. We say yes to you, Lord. We just say yes. Thank you for your presence. We pray these things in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit. And all the people together said, Amen. Amen. And may we all say together, Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so, Lord. God bless you. God bless you. If you need prayer, we're up here. We are up here. Yeah.